Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. Welcome into the program. Gee, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, is there anything going on in the world of the paranormal that we could discuss? Yeah, we got this little thing about the government and UFO disclosure. I mean, we knew this was coming. Uh, we knew that there would be a report put out by the end of the month that was part of the coronavirus stimulus bill that was passed during the Trump administration. And as part of that, they snuck it in there that the military and the Office of uh, National Intelligence would have to give us everything that they know about UFOs for this, you know, 2004 to 2021 period. And uh, I'm looking at what's... It's pretty thin, this yeah. report. Uh, you know, nine pages. And, feel, and I, three of it is just referencing other things. Nine pages, single-spaced, one side. I feel like uh, um, Arlo Guthrie, you know? Yeah. 25, 8 by 10 color glossy <laughs> photograph photos with Tic Tac UFOs. <laughs> and a paragraph on the back of each one telling us how it's a weather balloon. Um, but what we got... <laughs> That actually you were, came out pretty thank good. Thank you. You actually had an Arlo Guthrie country uh, last week. That's why you yeah, were here. Yeah, was. Uh, and UFO country, so true. it worked out pretty well either way. Uh, by the way, while you were out there, uh, you didn't see the aliens that abducted me the week before, uh, that same week, did you? Uh, no, I didn't see them personally. Okay. Just, they look like the brothers from Supernatural. So if you see those aliens, tell them I said, what's up? Okay. Ask them how they liked being shot in my dream. Anyway. <laughs> I spent. I, I had a guest on Midnight Society this week that, um, that that couldn't make it on, so I spent the entire program like self-analyzing that dream. It was a, it was a ride. But anyway, uh, let's get into this report here. So we're talking about how uh, this this came out yesterday, and it is nine pages, uh, and it is a summary report. It's a preliminary assessment, unidentified aerial phenomena from the office of the director of national intelligence. Uh, so we knew that it was going to be not a lot of stuff uh, because we knew it was going to be a preliminary report. Right. So the expectation for on my part, well, let me just ask you, Moniz, uh, being somebody who's been around the world of ufology now for uh, about 75 years. <laughs> no, I used, I'm, I'm just trying to do the math in my head. About 35, 40 years, maybe. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, what you expected that this report might have. Uh, this had exactly what I expected. And that being, it's not going to give you any details. It's not going to come out and directly say, yes, there are people from other planets visiting us and, you know, this is who they are, where they are, and what they want. No. Sure, I, I didn't expect that either, but I did expect that there would be, you know, one or two interesting pieces of video or a few interesting photographs that would be part of this. Oh, uh, I have a feeling that will be in the, in the full report. This is just a preliminary assessment. But, but, this is just a framing. But that's the hook. Yeah. I mean, when you uh, think about it like this, I mean, we live in 2021. We live in a online news society. So when and we do it here with WBSM with all the news stories we put up. When we put up a story, it has to have a photo that goes with it. Because the website requires a photo for that story in order to be published. And then when you share it on social media, the photo shares with that story. And, you know, the, the, yeah. the image is a big, big part of, you know, what the story is all about. And so 
I expected that we would get something. There'd be something that I would be seeing all over my news feed, you know, a, a still shot of another uh, U.S. Navy pilot video or, you know, something akin to the Tic Tac where it doesn't really give us any answers, but at least it kind of keeps the question going. And we didn't even get that. We didn't even get a good image to put up with the news stories that went online. Well, like I said, this is, you can look at this as an abstract. They're, they're framing up what they looked at, what they're analyzing, so they're saying, and then what, what their general assessment is of what they know so far of the data they've collected. Just like any other government report, you're, you're going to get bureaucracy running it. It's still going to come out in dribs and drabs, and then your final report is going to be, you know, something that you need a wheelbarrow to wheel in. And it's going to take you months and months and months to dig through because it's going to contain all of the quote-unquote raw data, all of the other report files and this and that. It's going to be, you know, just a big paper storm. This is just telling you, for the most part, what they found so far and, and what you can expect in the full report. The other side of that is they put this out and then we never get any more than this. That they say, we gave you this preliminary report. I mean, for, for the for the general public. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, we got this that says unclassified right at the bottom of every page. Yep. Uh, yes, they have to give the, they have to give to Congress the full report. Yeah. Uh, but they don't have to give it to us. Good. Yes. They could okay. keep that the, they could yeah. keep the That's rest of that classified. They could or they could put out, you know, everything that they have but just redact the hell out of it. Yeah. Which so, is what we're used to seeing. In which case, you know, I'm not going to print out that report because it'll just ruin all the black ink and the toner. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have no toner left. <laughs> with, with all those redactions. But, uh, you know, uh, then they looked up in the redacted Actually, and they no, saw they do redacted. it in white. They, they, when when you get copies, it's whited out, not blacked out anymore. But. Okay, well, but it'll be like every other word. Like yeah. you won't even. It, it'll be like um, you'll get the word a and the. And, it, it, it'll be like when you listen to a, a late '90s hip hop song on the regular radio, and they have to edit it out, and every other word is either skipped or backwards. Yeah, like that's what we would get with this thing. Uh, but this report here, and you can print it out for yourself. You can go and look it up online. Um, uh, I, I, forget, I forget which. I think I got this off like fox8.com or something. Um, if you just search, you know, full UFO report, uh, there's a whole bunch of news outlets that have linked up the full report so you can read it for yourself. We're going to kind of go through it a little bit with you here. Uh, and we'll also take your phone calls, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in with what you think, you can also email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com, and you can put it on Twitter using the hashtag spooky live. So, you know, UFO Twitter, if you're listening tonight, make sure that you tweet about the show and uh, let us know because, you know, those those people never actually call into shows or, or anything like that because they don't want us to know who they are and all that stuff. So uh, you can go ahead and, and just tweet about it. But and, and hello to everybody that's listening, no matter how you are and where you are. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it's a bit of a shift having just the WBSM broadcast, but it's so much better because... You know, it's easier for us to produce, and you get awesome FM quality sound on your stream or uh, or on the WBSM app, and you get to hear me sometimes. Where I, I did the news this morning, so I um, I made sure I reported on this, you know, in the morning news, because that's where we are now in 2021, where every day for the past month or so, we've had some sort of UFO news, 
in the newscast and nobody ever was like, <laughs> Tim, stop putting UFO news in the newscast like they would have been, you know, a year ago. Yep. But now it's like, okay, no, that's that's fine. That's the topic of the day. In fact, the hosts during the week have been talking about UFOs. I mean, nobody thinks to say to me, hey, you want to come out of your office and talk UFOs? But <laughs> I'll, I'll give them credit. You know, they, they always, you know, throw out a shout out for Spooky South Coast and say, you know, you can you can always hear about UFOs on, on our program. But still, you know, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for our area of expertise to be of, of value uh, on the airwaves. And you know? they don't... They bother to reach out what i find interesting about the the report is you know the timing of it well at least the date because it was june 24th 1947 when kenneth arnold had his famous sighting you know so i mean i i i would like to think that somebody was savvy enough to think that way but I'm sure it was kind of like it's the well, last Friday that's not Fourth of July weekend <laughs> of the month. Um, well, Roswell happening in in July as well. But it's 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 amazing to me that we got it as fast as we did. You know that they were able to well getting out these nine pages in under a year. I mean, if well, that is government for you. Well, but this. but I would have thought like they would have asked for extensions. They would have said, "Okay, we're working on it. We know that we have oh, to do it." Which what they've been done, right? To, yeah. I mean, uh, th that happened with the JFK documents, where they yeah. said that they needed more time to put them all together, and then we never got them. Right. So, because by my understanding, if I remember correctly, weren't we supposed to get every? I mean, let's let's go all the way back. What was it? Ninety eight. Let's go all the way back to when when the film JFK came out, and all the news stories were out about. You know, when the documents were going to be released, uh, they said that they, the event, when it was 50 years from the end of the Warren Commission, everything was going to be released. And that didn't happen. Yep. And then it was, uh, I remember President Trump was trying to get some more stuff released in, in the JFK files. That didn't happen. Oh, every and, president has tried, nothing has happened. Well, but it just seems like, you know, that they're going to keep punting that football uh, a little bit further down. But, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. You know why. They made that rule about 50 years after the Warren Commission to release the documents. Because everybody would supposedly be dead. Right. And in fact, they were kind of watching Gerald Ford because he was the last member of it. And, you know, people were saying, you know, not to be morose, yeah. but people were saying if Gerald Ford passes before that 50-year moratorium, you know, maybe they can push to have them released early. And, uh, and, and it didn't really make that much of a difference. But so... This is different. This you can't wait and say we're going to wait till everybody that's seen a UFO is dead because they keep showing up, right? And they keep getting reported. and And as I said earlier, you know, this is everything from 2004 to 2021. So these are stories that are relatively fresh. Let's let's get into. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, and it deals mainly with military interaction. Yes. Never mind. This is not civilian. civilian. This You're is right. this is not people who have reported encounters, abductions. Right. Uh, this is not the sightings that our audience will call in and share with us here on the program. These are seen by uh, members of the intelligence community and members of the defense community. Correct. That's that's who they were. And, and in fact, they kind of give you and all of that information. If I'm not mistaken, uh, a vast majority of them, if not the lion's share, are also co-witnessed by Either other, not just other people, but by radar and sonar or other 
pieces of equipment that yes. validate and verify. They, uh, they say various forms of sensors that register right. UAP generally operate correctly and capture enough real data to allow initial assessments, but some UAP may be attributable to sensor anomalies. So they do kind of warn you yeah. that uh, some of it could just be... Uh, this radar echo. Art, just artifacts, yeah. 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 So l let me just ask you before we dive into this, what do you think about the the shift on the part of you know the powers that be here to get away from the UFO moniker and switch to UAP. And if you listen to the ufology community, a lot of them are using UAP now instead too. Right. Well, there's there's a reason why they switched the acronym. Oh, because it takes you away from the connotations of UFOs. No, it takes you away from being able to legally disclose something because when you ask for the term UFO in documents in Freedom of Information Act, if it's not listed as UFO and you change the name, you don't have to disclose it because it is a UAP. Well, either way, I yeah, mean... Uh, I'm saying that is one of the reasons why they did it. I will say that uh, I do... I mean, it's hard for me to remember to use the new terminology, right. but I do like it only for the idea of... I just felt like UFO, besides the connotations and all that... But it's, it's a little bit limiting to the type of phenomena that's been reported recently. Uh, and by recently, I mean like in the last 25, 30 years. But not everything is necessarily flying. Right. You know, not everything is necessarily moving about in the sky and zipping around. Some things are stationary. Uh, some of it is, you know. Underwater. Well, that's true, too. That's what several of the reports are dealing with. But the, you know, the, the, the way that the phenomena has been happening has, has adapted well, I shouldn't say adapted, but it's we the the sighting reports have adapted with the different types of phenomena that are out there. People aren't just looking for the things that are zipping across the sky. Is my point? They're seeing yeah. things that are anomalous in the sky that may be stationary. Um, and by the way, too, we are getting a little bit more discerning about what it is that we see in the sky and what we think about it, because how many times uh, you must see this all the time where. You have somebody that has reached out to you and tell you, oh, I saw, you know, a UFO the other night. And then you look it up and it turns out it was Starlink or it was the ISS. And so we're learning kind of as a sky watching society to differentiate these things right. and to know, okay, if I see what's at six for Starlink, if I see these lights all in a row, it's probably the satellite. If I see this going by or I can open up the app on my phone and be like, yep, the yeah. ISS is flying over. There are plenty of great apps out there, you know, Starry Night and all of those that will show you constellations and others that will show you satellite trajectories and stuff like that. Actually, so, if I can make a recommendation, sure. and if you don't have this already, I, I definitely recommend that you get it. Have you downloaded the ISS app? It's very cool. No. So there, it's a free no. app. There's, there's some ads that pop up, but it's not a big deal. Uh, but you download the ISS app and it... it allows you to access all the cameras on the space station. Okay. And so you can watch the sunrise and the sunset from the every, cameras on the every ISS. Every 90 minutes. And you can you can track where where it is yep. uh, in the sky. Uh, you can also you can see like what it's looking at straight ahead. So if you wanted to get up there and take a look and be like I'm going to keep an eye out for UFOs, you have a live camera at any given time to be able to watch that. And it's, it's interesting it's, that you got it. I'm, I'm old, it's very fun. I'm old school, and I just wind up when I want to know something about, uh, like, satellites and the ISS, I go directly to the NASA sites because there are better, you know, direct links. But 
I'm glad to see well, that there are as, apps out there. As the conspiracy theorists will tell you, that's mm -hmm. already been scrubbed and filtered oh, before yeah. you get to see it. What? No, apps aren't. No, Please. no, this is this is live. Wink, oh, wink. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably close to live, but there's yeah, also there's. I'm, I'm sure there, there there's a few minutes of. There's delay. a little bit of delay that will allow them to to get in there yeah. and erase a few things if that's or, what they oh, need to. The feed fell over. Oh, we got to reset the router. That did that, <laughs> that did happen one day where I was I was just happened to be watching it, and the camera like got messed up or something and it was pointed the wrong way and i was like oh, i have no idea. it's like it's like one of those things where you know like the computer is down somewhere but you don't know if anybody knows the computer is down and you're like kind of watching your watch you're like when's somebody gonna realize this and you're like you're helpless like well who do i tell like who so, somebody needs to like alert them that they can't and like meanwhile they're probably all scrambling inside the eyes so somebody's gonna go fix that camera they're yep. like trying to get ready for a spacewalk and they're like oh weisberg's watching down in massachusetts and he's a little bit aggravated so we better get out there quick <laughs> like those people that you know watch those bird nests of the eagles and stuff like that i can't see well it's foggy out <laughs> we can't do anything about right. that or, or when uh when that stupid giraffe was having the baby yep and people got mad because the giraffe was like position so you couldn't see right like you know the you can see the actual birth process from the draft like oh you what, saw it was the neck of the like, mom what, what is yeah. wrong with you that you need to see the private parts of a female giraffe on the camera you know like just trust them it's 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 actually a real baby like there's probably somebody that's like you know there never really was a giraffe baby right that was a that was a robot that they put in that's why you couldn't see uh, anyway, let's get into some of these, the, the findings. So, uh, of course, as uh, with any good report, it starts with an executive summary uh, where they give you kind of what they found out as a result of the uh, the report. And, and we're going to get into all of these kind of a little bit one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm going to read you just the bulleted points, the bold-faced, what they really think about what's going on. So... The limited amount of high-quality reporting on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP, hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature or intent of UAP. Okay, mm -hmm. so what you're saying is, eh, like, we don't really have good data to base any judgments on. All right. Sure, right. Okay, uh -huh. but they, you know, they, they get into a little bit of... Uh, uh, where, where they got this data from. Uh, the, UAT, the UAP task force concentrated its review on reports that occurred between 2004 and 2021, the majority of which were as a result of this new tailored process to better capture UAP events through formalized reporting. And also most of the UAP reported probably do represent physical objects given that a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers, and visual observation. So what this means is that they're basically saying... There are multiple points of verification that something was there. And it's not just some sort of anomaly on one particular sensor. Right. In a limited number of incidents, UAP reportedly appeared to exhibit unusual flight characteristics... These observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing, or observer misperception and require additional rigorous analysis. Okay, fair enough. You see something in a video and it looks like it's moving away that it shouldn't. Well, naturally, you should be trying to debunk it first before you assign it to being something that is unidentified. Um, yeah. 
But, you know, so they said it could be the result of sensor errors. It is possible that something could trigger a mistake in multiple sensors. Um, that would be, I would think, in that regard, not not something within the sensor itself, but something in the environment that the sensor is misperceiving. Yeah, the sensor doesn't know how to interpret. Yeah, you know, yeah. Let, let, let's just say for some reason reason it was a bird. And, and the, the for some reason these sensors couldn't track that it was a bird. And, you know, so that's the kind of thing that they're talking about there. Uh, I did think that it was um, that it's interesting that they say uh, that it could be spoofing. That indicates malice intent by some outside acting. Unless I didn't get, let's see if they have it in the definition of exactly what they mean by spoofing. I mean, do they mean hoaxing or do they mean uh, that it could be like, could that be a terminology for um, a false positive? You know, could that just be a term that they're using for that? If, I, I'm not entirely sure what their definition is, but to me it well, means I'm some, sure it's, some sort of... We'll, hap we'll happen upon it, I'm sure, yeah. as we go through. Uh, but anyway, so there are probably multiple types of UAP requiring different explanations based on the range of appearances and behaviors described in the available reporting. So what you're saying is not all UAPs act the same well, that's why they're yeah, UAPs. So, yeah. you know, that's that's not exactly a groundbreaking uh, point to make in the executive summary. UAP clearly put this this one to me. This is the big reveal out of this whole thing. Okay. No matter what you think and what you take away from this, this is the line to take away from this. UAP clearly pose a safety of flight issue yes. and may pose a challenge to U.S. national security. So I'm going to just read you the actual paragraph from the executive summary that comes with that point. Safety concerns primarily center on aviators contending with an increasingly cluttered air domain. Okay, fair enough. It's U crowded skies. Right. UAP would also represent a national security challenge if they are foreign adversary collection platforms or provide evidence of a potential adversary has developed either a breakthrough or disruptive technology. This is the first time that I can tell that they have acknowledged that this could be a threat to national security based on that regard. I mean, and the term adversary, although they do not use the term alien, the term extraterrestrial, and uh, anything like unearthly, anything like that in this report, that's as close as you're going to get to it being... Well, anything that isn't yours in terms of military is an adversary. Right. So... Whether it be uh, well, I mean, I guess if whether you, it be earth-based or not, if they're a known ally, they probably wouldn't use that term. If it's a British thing, yeah. they wouldn't call it adversarial. I don't think. Um, well, the British aren't really going to be attacking us in, anymore. Well, I was just using that as an example, though. Like if it's if it's one of your allies that's trying something, right? You know, and you reach out and say, "Hey, is this one of yours?" That you know, you would hope that they're going to tell you yes. That's why you're allies. But the um. The, the fact that they utilize that terminology, you know, for an adversary, that's as close as you're going to get to them saying that it could be something otherworldly. Yeah. Uh, also, consistent consolidation of reports from across the federal government, standardized reporting, increased collection and analysis, and a streamlined process for screening all such reports against a broad range of relevant USG data will allow for a more sophisticated analysis of UAP that is likely to deepen our understanding. I read this as, hey, give us some money and we're going to dedicate some manpower to this and that will help us get a better understanding. I don't know if I believe that 
that's the intent. Um, as I was saying to you before we came on the air, we have a Democratic administration. We have a Democratic Congress right now, although, you know, there's not a lot they can get done because it's so close. But the, the fact is military spending is probably going to be cut back. This is a way to, because, you know, the Democrats, just as much as anybody else, want the answers to these questions. In fact, if yeah, you... Yeah, this topic transcends politics. Right, and if you look at who's been behind, you know, behind this, it's been a very bipartisan effort yeah. to get down to these answers. I One mean, of the few things that is bipartisan, I mean, you, you, you have Adam Schiff and Marco Rubio working on this together, so yeah. So it's, it's, it's understandable that, you know, they would look at this and say... This is one thing we can put our hand out for, that they'll actually put something in our hand. I think that's probably more likely the, the feeling behind this la that point than anything else. But also, you know, they're right. Common sense dictates you need better reporting, streamlined reporting. And basically what they're saying is allow us to put more serious effort into collecting these reports and analyzing them. Well, I see what... If you're saying putting more money into it, you put a little bit of money into it to streamline the process so you're not wasting money chasing a, chasing it around the wrong way 15 different times. Well, this is intelligence and defense we're talking about. Money will uh, be wasted. I didn't say it wasn't going to be, but I understand what the principle is. The, um, the, the key part of that, though, is if they do this now... I would guess that the the tenor and tone of what's going on with this means we're not going to get another blue book out of this. You know, we're we're not going to get something where it's get out there and debunk these stories as quickly as you can. No, it'll be out there to collect information, but you're going to get watered down and filtered information sent back back out to the public. You, and, and you know what? I'm almost blue fine. book. Yeah, I'm, blue book was a um, a smokescreen as well as it was an intelligence gathering operation. I would be I would be fine with them saying we're going to collect this information seriously and then sit on it for 20 years. Uh, maybe not 20 years. I might get upset about that. But I would be okay if they were collecting the information and not revealing it right away. But I can respect it if it has to do with sensitive technologies used to Right, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a daily, uh, you know, you're not gonna get a, a Twitter feed from whatever this new project team will be, where they're gonna give you updates of every case they're working on as they're working on it. But I'm okay with 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 that if it means that there's a serious effort into looking into it, and that it's not just lip service. Well, there's gonna be a good deal of lip service. I, I guarantee to that. us. Yeah, but I think I think congressionally. They're going to be. I mean, they're, they're going to get lip service too. They they have been. I, I think there's. I think with this, there's going to be a lot of oversight. Oh, the, there will be uh, oversight, but should, even Congress in the Senate is still going to be held at bay to a certain degree. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to those hearings on C-SPAN when they tell the senator that the senator doesn't need to know. Uh, so let's <laughs> so let's get into some of these things a little bit more in depth. And again, any questions, comments, thoughts you have, 508-996-0500. Uh, the phone lines will be open throughout the show. Uh, so looking at this now, they're saying here in, you know, limited data and inconsistency in reporting are key challenges to evaluating UAP. No standardized reporting mechanism existed until the Navy established one in March of 2019. The Air Force subsequently adopted that mechanism in November 2020, but it remains limited to USG reporting. So they have started this process, 
and they have been collecting, you know, I'm sure some of these fall under that. Uh, and they are able to, I, they're, they're able to explain away at least one of the 144 reported items, uh, reported UAP encounters that happened between 2004 and 2021. Uh, they were able to identify this one reported UAP with high confidence as being a large deflating balloon. Hmm. And I'm not sure if that's the one. But do you remember a few years ago that there was a clip that was going around and people were like, it was, th th that's a deflating balloon. Um, and I think it might be that. I know they also tried to pull that with the Tic Tac thing too. Yeah, they, that that Tic Tac is something completely different. If you're to follow all the... Uh, the way that thing moved, accelerated, turned, and this is on, you know, F-18 Super Hornet, you know, equipment. That That's not shady equipment. That stuff is top-notch, so. So, uh, so 144 reports originated from USG sources. Of these, 80 reports involved observation with multiple sensors. So, you know, uh, a little, little bit, a little bit under half. Uh, has multiple sensors to be able to, uh, you know, say it wasn't just equipment error mm -hmm. or, or malfunction. Uh, they do talk about some of the the challenges that are that they face in collecting this data, and it's very interesting when you th when you look at this because you have to kind of get a, get out of some of the, the the speak of what's in the report and realize exactly what they're saying. So. Of course, sensor limitations being one of those, that would make sense. You know, yeah. the sensors aren't built for tracking things that we don't understand. Uh, but also, socio-cultural stigmas are part of what they think is holding back these reports and limiting these reports. That people are still afraid to say, I saw something. Because we've been so brainwashed and conditioned by previous, what we'll call it stances, by by the powers that be to quell inquiry to it. So, yeah. And, and they could come out with a declaration where they could say, hey, listen, we just want to know what you know. They will be no, nobody will judge you. Nobody will think differently of you. It won't hurt your chances for promotion. Uh, you know, they could say all of that. It's still not going to keep people from being afraid to talk about it because societally, yeah, we still have that stigma, although it is it's getting chipped away. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Tucker Carlson. I think he's an idiot, but he dedicated an entire week of his program talking about this. And that's the number one rated cable television show. So here you have and, and, and it's probably more viewed than any of the network programming that was going on at the time. So um, maybe not like American Idol and those kind of shows, but, you know, for the most part, that program dominates primetime during the hour that it's on. And so you've got a whole week dedicated to this. That's pretty serious stuff. I mean, people like to look back to when Larry King talked about it, but Larry King talked about it in, you know, more this inquisitive way right. of, so, you know, what is going on? What is going I mean, and he believed yeah, that there was something he, going he on. He tried to pull the Edward R. Morrow type of view. I'm a, I'm a reporter. I'm here to get the information from the source. But and there was there was always a little bit of a, a wink, even with Larry King's yeah. reports, uh, even you know talking to to people like Art Bell, Nick Pope, all these people that he'd interviewed about it. You know, you kind of see the 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 little bit of a glimmer in his eye, kind of like, uh, come on, like at some point, like you know, he said to somebody during a commercial break or after the show, like, do you really believe in this stuff? Um, now, 
I'm sure Tucker was just as inquisitive about it in the clips that I saw. Well, from um, the people that like I, I know that have been on his shows, because he's interviewed a lot of the people I personally know, and according to them, they say he genuinely is interested in the topic. Political stances aside, he has a genuine interest in it. He just happens to look like my dog when he hears a sound two miles away, tilting his head like a dumbass every time somebody's telling him something. Um, also, too, he's 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 completely and totally phony. Uh, I, there was a, a New York Times story the other day about how uh, he's the biggest source for everybody in the media about everything that goes on with the Trump administration, everything that goes on with Fox News. They, and it's not even that people call Tucker. Tucker calls people and just tells them everything. So, but anyway, that's a whole different story. Okay. Like uh, I said, I don't really follow him, so I can't, other than the the occasional thing when he interviews a friend. So the, um, but the fact that, you know, the biggest cable television show dedicated time to UFOs is a major, major breakthrough. Uh, some of the other reporting here, it does say that patterns, potential patterns do emerge, that they are saying, you know, even though they're saying that they, they really can't see rhyme or reason to it, they are seeing patterns to it. Uh, this one is, is pretty interesting. Uh, when you look at this, although there was wide variability in the reports and the data set is currently too limited to allow for detailed trend or pattern analysis, there was some clustering of UAP observations regarding shape, size, and particularly propulsion. UAP sightings also tended to cluster around U.S. training and testing grounds, but we assess this may result from a collection bias as a result of focused attention, greater numbers of latest generation sensors operating in those areas, unit expectations, and guidance to report anomalies. Sure, that makes sense on two different fronts. Yeah. If they um, are... Yeah, if you're dealing with military reports, you're only going to get reports from the military and military acting areas, you know? And, and it would make sense that they would be more observational to what's going on because they're looking for, you know, yeah. earthly adversaries. Uh, they're, they have to be on alert to make sure that no other foreign uh, intelligence is looking into our bases. Uh, the other part of it, too, is I'm sure there's probably some, um, I mean, let, let's, let's take a step back here for a moment. If you look at the... Reporting the, the the surveys that came out a few years ago about people's beliefs in the paranormal, there was, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but there was a high amount of people that believed in the idea of UFOs. I think it was like 40%. So if 40% of the American public believe in UFOs, let's extrapolate, well, let's, what's the extrapolate? I don't know. Let's shrink that down a little bit and use the people that are in the military as that sample size now, let, let's just say that 40% carries over. And honestly, I would tell you it's probably higher. Yeah. Um, but still, just for, for the sake of argument, we'll say, you know, that 40% carries through. So you've got 40% of people in the military that believe in UFOs. And by the way, if, if they're in the Navy and they're Navy pilots or if they're in the Air Force, they might be more likely to believe in those things. So, uh, you know, that's my own speculation, but it's possible that that's the case. So you have people that are uh, predestined to believe in these things. So therefore, they're going to be on the lookout for them. I'm not saying that that means they're predetermined to uh, pre right. pre I, 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 I think that's what, what they mean. are. Yeah, it I just guess. means that they're going to be looking up at the sky. So... But the other side of that is, and the, you know, the, 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 
the ufology standpoint of this, and, and, and certainly with the people that we've talked to over the years and the people that you know and work with, they would look at that and say, well, of course, that's where the UFOs are going. Because whatever is inside of these ships, that's what they're interested in seeing. They're looking at what we're doing. You know, the, the whole um, um, Ben Waters case. You know, they, they went to where we were hiding nuclear weapons and yeah. showing a spotlight on those nuclear weapons that the British didn't know were there. So uh, that's, which by the way, you need to talk to Nick Redfern because uh, he has completely debunked the whole Bentwaters case with his, one of his latest books. Okay. Um, yeah. I think, I think the two of you would have a pretty good discussion. We should have him come on here, but he's, he's always busy on Saturday nights. Uh, so that, that is part of this here. Now, also, it says, and a handful of UAP appear to demonstrate advanced technology. In 18 incidents described in 21 reports, observers reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. Some UAP appear to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. In a small number of cases, military aircraft systems process radio frequency energy associated with UAP sighting. So they were giving off yeah. a signature. Yeah. Uh, this goes to the experiences that I've had. And I know that, you know, these aren't about personal, individual, civilian experiences. But I saw one that had, you know, uh, 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 being able to maneuver abruptly and move at considerable speed. I also saw one that had no discernible means of propulsion that was just hanging in the air uh, and then, you know, was very weird. Uh, but it's good to see that these types of phenomena that I've experienced and that other people report are also showing up across this data as well. Uh, and, of course, UAP probably lack a single explanation. Duh. Only because, well, let's, 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 let's talk about this part for a minute. Lack a single explanation. Is that the part that's got you hung up? Well, uh, so this is, yes. They probably do lack a single ex explanation. And a single explanation is not going to answer all of these either. Because I guarantee out of 144 accounts, a very small portion of them might actually be real visible evidence of something foreign, we'll say, uh, some of them are going to be able to be explained away. And they have some possibilities of what they could be. Airborne clutter, which is birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles, airborne debris like plastic bags, you know, things like that. Uh, natural atmospheric phenomenon, including ice crystals, moisture, thermal fluctuations, uh, USG or industry development programs, um, and then foreign adversary systems, you know, and then what they describe as other. So I think you every, realize that's all the same stuff that they've been saying for the past of 60 course. years. But yeah. you know, they, why? They, they, they phrased it in different terminology, but it's still swamp gas. You still hear temperature inversion, you, you know, they changed the names, but, you know, but it's still the same smoke. Screen. I do believe that there probably is some truth. To oh, those I'm not saying that there isn't, but I'm saying that the, they're given the same old tired responses that they've always given. That's why I'm saying I'm not all that surprised or impressed by what they have put out. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that they're taking it seriously, quote unquote, and and doing something. But you're not going to get the proverbial smoking gun out of this. Well, uh, 
and I'm glad that they're putting this stuff on the table to be able to explain some of it away, you know, because sometimes people are just seeing reflections of ice crystals. Yeah. Uh, sometimes yeah. they are just seeing a weird reflection off the, sometimes the, the airline, a drone, you know, sometimes, a toilet dump yeah. from an airplane. Yeah. Um, but also Lonnie Zamora didn't see swamp gas. Correct. He didn't see swamp gas land and then come out of the, the vehicle and then swamp gas is walking around and then swamp gas goes back in the vehicle. So, yeah. you know, and again, it all depends on how much you want to believe his account. I choose to. Um, uh, let's see, a well-decorated police officer many years. Yeah. And, and and most of the people who have made, you know, the, the, the major headlines for their experiences, it's hard to question their credibility. You can still question their experience, but you can't come at it and say, you know, they could be mistaken. They could have, you could say anything, mistaken, dreaming, all kinds of different things. But you can't say that they're hoaxers. Um because they just don't fall into the kind of person that you think would do that. Uh, so anyway, so yes, we know that Could they, they be a victim of a hoax. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, and in fact, I would actually argue that there probably are a great many people who have had experiences that are more a victim, not so much of of a hoax, but of other people taking their circumstance and then turning it into more than it was. Uh, you know, and we see this happen all the time with haunting cases oh, yeah. where, you know, somebody has a paranormal experience or a Bigfoot case, uh, it, yeah, yeah. and it turns into to something far more than it is. Uh, you know, and I know that you work with, with some regression hypnotherapists, yep. but not everybody is good at doing that job. True. Not everybody's doing no, that job correctly. True. So if you have somebody that has an experience that they think might be an abduction experience, and you've got somebody, lead, uh, you know, asking leading questions. If you've got somebody trying to um, interject their own analysis of what's going on without getting the, the full story of what the person experienced, uh, then, you know, that does just as much damage I, to I've, the to the witness, to the experiencer than, than, than anybody else. I, I've seen it happen in both ways. Somebody leading a witness to, you know, something grander what they think is you know they're modifying it to get what one belief and i've seen other people performing hypnosis on people trying to bury what they're trying to say because they don't want to hear so uh, it, it it works in both ways it's a double-edged sword doing it correctly actually is far more difficult than than you think well because you've got to kind of hold back your own natural you and know, that's very difficult to do. Yeah, because if somebody's coming to you saying, like, I think I've had an abduction experience, and then they start recounting what it was in, in, in a hypnotic state, you know, you you want to get to the to the meat of the problem. You know, you don't want to be spending a lot of time asking roundabout questions, but the roundabout questions are what verifies what exactly. they actually experienced. Exactly. Well, I mean, and I'm, I'm not trained in it, and I understand that. Yeah. Uh, well, bear in mind, this is borrowed from what they do with investigative techniques for people that have been through various other traumas, not just abductions. Because you got to be very careful. If you're talking to somebody that's had an assault done on them by somebody, you want to make sure you're getting the actual, actual accurate description because you're dealing with somebody else's life here. Well, if you understand what I'm saying, you you don't want to make an accusation unless you're absolutely one. Because what are the ramifications if you're wrong? Well, and also I don't think it's your place to really make that determination. You know, you no, might it's, you yeah. might have have somebody come out of this and say, I think you need to talk to 
you know, someone else about this, maybe in law enforcement. Right. Um, but let me ask you this. You've done a lot of regressions or been around a lot of them. Been and, enough, been and, to enough of them, yeah. And so it's probably going to be hard to pick a percentage of it, but give us a rough idea of, you know, how many of them do you think might have actually been something else that the person just wasn't confronting, that the person was, you know, being abused, uh, yeah. you know, sexual assault or something like that. And, Believe it or not, it's higher than you think. Right. Uh, um, no, I, I think it would be high. So yeah, yeah it's 60 to 65 percent. So yeah, is more more. Well, it uh, funny part is a lot of them uh, people that have had other things happen to them besides abductions are also uncorking some of these same memories you know mm -hmm. you, you go looking for an abduction then the next thing you know somebody's talking about something somebody else did when they were you know this or that and and and, and you got to be prepared for that too which is you know you've got <laughs> the you've got the people who will say oh these um these memories of 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 being abducted by human beings and assaulted by human beings are a screen memory for what happened uh when they were abducted by the aliens but i think more often than not the aliens are the screen memory because it's it's actually easier i think in some some ways for the that's, the human mind to say that's what i'm saying aliens did this to me because we expect that from aliens. Yeah. You don't expect that from your father or from your next door neighbor or, or from your priest or yeah. whoever it might have been. Exactly. That's what I was trying to so yeah. politely say. Yeah. And 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 you know, that's but you know, thankfully in terms of this report, those kind of um experiences aren't getting in here to muddy the waters up from what right. it is that they're trying to because the minute you start bringing in that level of subjectivity, you're going to get the serious people and I, I'm putting serious in, in air quotes, but yeah. the serious people who are going to look for any part of this that they can say, ah, see, this is why I'm going to throw the whole thing out. Uh, and, and, you know, so far. Well, all of these reports, from what I understand, have one thing in common. They all have multiple source. So, you know. And there isn't anything crazy in here. Well, no, because that. That somebody's going to say, like, throw the whole damn thing out because one person said that they saw, you know... Mickey Mouse at the wheel. Right. Of the, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, it was God coming down in a chariot. Um, so let's, let's kind of dive into this, too, a little bit more. And uh, we will be talking about this in the next hour. We've got about five minutes before the break. And when we come back after the news, we'll t dive more into this. We'll also take your calls as well, 508-996-0500. Uh, so... And maybe we maybe we save this next part for the second Same hour because okay. we're going to dive more into the idea of it talking about how these uh, threaten flight safety and possibly national security. They don't just go around. It's not just flight safety that they're dealing with. You're talking navigational safety on the sea and under the sea. Uh, the two things are related. I, I I think just by going through this, they kind of held back on some of some of that for now. Yeah. Um, mainly because you know they didn't have to report that as part of this, uh, and also because maybe they can get some more funding to look into that. But they don't go around, at least as much as I know, in reports that are unclassified that are being released to the public and shared with the media. They usually don't go around saying like. Huh, this is totally a threat to our national security. No, because for years they spent uh, the whole thing that came out about the 
Project Blue Book is they don't consider them a threat to national security. So what that was done was to quell the public interest and absolve the military of having to look at them in the for the public's eye. Right. You see. Yeah. yeah. You, and when you see John Brennan and James Clapper, when you see them showing up on you know CNN and, and different talk shows talking about you know the the cybersecurity threats to our country, or, or John Bolton's been talking about that quite a bit. You know, you hear them talking about these. Those these, are real threats, right? They're real threats, but they're also out of office when they're saying it. Yeah. Well, you know, they're not they're not actively looking into these threats and saying these are also threats. So to me, it's it's interesting that they would that they would mention that. Uh, and I do think that throwing out that possibility is because it will allow public sentiment to be behind, hey, throw some money at these people so that they can keep looking into this because it is a threat. The funny part is, and we'll get into this in the second hour, if it is a threat, it's the threat you don't know how to fight. <laughs> so How do you fight an unknown? Right. How do you come back and say, well, we need X amount of money to start developing weapons to deal with this threat? You have to know what it is that you're going up against to... Be able. I mean, I, I suppose you could try and create the the biggest weapons that you can. But what happens if you throw a nuke at this thing and it just keeps coming at you? I've seen uh, videos of them shooting missiles at them, and they just sat there, right? Like, you know, batting yeah. it away essentially. Uh, I can pull up a video that was taken in Afghanistan a couple of years ago. There was like four of them hanging over this valley, and jet comes in and starts basically lobbing missiles at them you see the missile impacts and the fragments of the missiles falling and these things still just hanging in the air forward observer that was calling in the strike going kind of nuts like oh my god these things are still sitting here well when we come back we'll dive into the the threat to security a little bit more we'll also take your phone calls and we'll get into what it is that are the recommendations out of this report what do they want us to see happen as a result of this report coming out? We'll talk about that, and we'll find out how much you want to see those recommendations come to light. Back with more Spooky South Coast in just a bit. Here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And tonight we are talking about the UFO report that came out yesterday from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. It is titled Preliminary Assessment Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. And it's telling us everything that we know about UAP. Everything we know is in this report that we know about <laughs> UAP. And what do we know? We don't know nothing. nothing. So we've been going through this report a little bit here, uh, you know, bit by bit and diving into some of what it has in the report. And again, you can find the report for yourself online. It's easy to find. And more um, importantly, what it doesn't have. Yes. 
Uh, you can go print out your own copy and follow along with us if you want. Uh, I probably should have tweeted out a link or something, but um, I'm sure somebody listening on Twitter can find the link and, and put it out with the hashtag Spooky Live. Uh, but the, the as we're going through it, we're kind of talking about what we find to be an interesting reveal, you know, some of the interesting comments that they've made, and we left off the last hour. By the way, you can call in with your thoughts, 508-996-0500, whether you are surprised about what's in the report, whether you're surprised about what's not in the report, what or you... surprised that they even did a report. If you, th yeah, if you thought that... And very interesting, by the way, just taking a step back, as we mentioned, this was part of the... Uh, the, the the Trump administration, you know, during during the Trump era, the COVID relief package that was put through at that time, and for this to have made its way in was was pretty interesting. When I when I first heard that as part of it, you know, because when those big relief packages come out, you know, somebody's always oh, breaking them all down and yeah. you know looking for the little things that's going to hold it up. That somebody's going to say, yeah, you know, okay, we, we don't need the UFO stuff in this. Like, that's just going to keep it from getting passed. But it, it, it didn't. And as we were if saying anything, earlier. It helped it. <laughs> Something, I, I guarantee a lot of the people, the American people go, uh, okay, I can live with that. You know, well, I'm going to get some information. I mean, finally. I, 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 let, even though let's, even, let's be honest, it passed because people wanted those stimulus checks. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why it passed, yeah. and because because they wanted to get those stimulus checks into people's hands because there was an election coming up. So yes, the, you know that's that's the. I didn't say that wasn't. It's a, a, it's a nice major ad, driving. It's factor. a nice addendum. Yeah, if you're gonna give me, you know, what was it, fourteen hundred oh, bucks? I get and, cash and stuff about UFOs. Okay. Yeah. If you yeah if you if you want to bribe me to believe that this is all you know about UAP, <laughs> I can be bought for a fourteen hundred dollar check. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still gonna need more. Actually, I'm actually gonna need a check. I have yet to receive one. Did you pay taxes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to ask. Yeah. Sometimes you, you never know with you. Uh, no. I did pay taxes, but... Uh, I, never, I never know I what... I also wasn't unemployed. I was working in... Right. I, another thing is if you make over a certain amount, you weren't going to get one. But I also never know when you've gone completely off the grid and pulled all your money from banks and... Oh, I still have. Started like... But I still got to pay taxes. Like, they started burying them in coffee cans all across the South Coast... You know, no, I, I convert it to semi-precious metals. Okay, but you buried those all across the South Coast. Uh, no. Uh, like I see you at like White's Factory Pond. I'm like Moniz, what are you doing with that shovel? No. Nope. You're like nothing. Don't worry about it. No. So you want some Akushna Creamery? It's on me. Yeah. No. Uh, and then I, you go pay with a silver bar. Uh, no, that's precious metal. Oh, I don't know. Semi-precious, you know, copper, lead, brass. I'll sell you a bunch of lead. Okay. I got a bunch of lead kicking around my house. Uh, there's actually a Some pewter. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm making that up. I, oh, oh, I was going to say, I, I know that. people that are looking for it. I mean, I, I know. Die casting. I know, I know copper is, you know, at. Um, big, big. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they can't even produce pennies anymore. Yep. Oh, what a, I mean, what a shame, really. Like, what a shame that I can't have more things to pull out of my pockets all the time that I forgot were in there when I'm doing the laundry. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 there's, there's, listen, I could probably solve the penny shortage just by cleaning out my car. 
In fact, I recently did and, clean out my your car. couch cushions. And, I yeah. recently did clean out my car, and I think I made more money and found change than I spent on the vacuum, vacuuming oh. the car. So that's okay. a good thing. Anyway, let's get back, back into this report. report. Yes. Uh, uh, and somewhere in this report, Moniz might have buried some money. Let's see. Nine pages. You could probably find some some space in there. Uh, so UAP threatened flight safety and possibly national security. And as we were saying in the last hour, that's a big deal to, to admit that this could be something that could threaten national security. Here's what it says. UAP pose a hazard to safety of flight and could pose a broader danger if some instances represent sophisticated collection against U.S. military activities by a foreign government or demonstrate a breakthrough aerospace technology by a potential adversary. Let's keep this earthbound for a minute. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. Our, our adversaries can develop technologies. That's... Not unheard of. And, and, of course, the flight concerns is a, is a big deal, as, yeah. as we were saying before. The I mean, sky's getting more and more crowded every day. You can go buy a drone yeah, at Best thing. Buy yeah. that can get up there and bother an airplane. Yeah. You know, I think so, right? I actually yeah. even take down an airplane given the right size of it. Yeah. So, you know, if that's if that's enough of, a, of an issue, then, yeah, anything that's in the skies is of concern, especially where, um, you know, we're not only just dealing in the – you know, 30 to 60,000. I don't know how far. I think it's 30 to 60 that the airplanes fly, right? Around that. Well, yeah. Your average commercial airliner generally maxes out at 40,000. Okay. 42,000. Military can go up to 60, depending upon the aircraft. So we're talking, though, that we need to be concerned in this day and age, even beyond those parameters, because now we have the privatization of space travel. So yes. as that's going to be happening, you know, we need to be more concerned about the the greater atmosphere as well. So, uh, you know, there is a reason to be concerned if you're going to say, well, we're going to start putting, you know, SpaceX flights and, and, and Amazon. I forget what their their space thing is. But we're going to start putting, you know, all of these flights up there. And if that's the case, we have to make sure that there isn't things that are going to get in, in the way. And so, yes, I can understand from an earthly perspective, certainly those those aerospace dangers but also, as we were saying before, if it is a foreign government or anything like that, that's always been a concern, though. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of new that they're admitting that it could be a concern, right? Because they weren't really, like, saying – they didn't come out publicly and say during Blue Book, uh, we're worried yeah. it might be the Russians. Russians. Yeah. But we In knew so many words, no, they didn't blatantly come out and say it, but they did intimate to it. Uh, yeah. let, uh, let's, let's, let's play a little game here. Okay. And in this game – Let's pretend that the government doesn't believe in UFOs, doesn't believe in aliens, doesn't already have aliens locked up at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, never had a secret meeting between uh, aliens and Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, never actually Air Force Base in never actually had uh, an extraterrestrial biological entity living in an apartment at the uh, Pentagon. Uh, apparently, very much a, a big fan of uh, jazz music. Valiant Thor. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Let's just say that none of that stuff is true. And that the military investigated UFOs during Project Blue Book, assuming that everything that people saw was a Russian aircraft. Okay. So... You know, they're giving us all these BS reasons, swamp gas, weather balloons, all that stuff, because they don't want us to know that it's Russians coming over here and spying on us and that they can't stop it. So 
even during that time, we didn't hear that brought up at all as a possibility. I mean, I'm sure it was talked about and yeah, people that were yeah. looking into it, but they never came out and publicly said, we're concerned that this could be the Russians. Well, the other concern that they had was that they didn't want the American people to know about the secret stuff they had up in the air. Don't don't forget, back in the day, it was the starting flights of the U-2 and the SR-71. Well, more the U-2 back in the 60s and stuff like that and other prototypes of it back in the 50s. Then later succeeded by the SR-71. But, you know, don't forget, those things were initially seen as UFOs. And they didn't want to tip their hand to our technology, to other people, because they were still, other countries were having UFO events too, and they were blaming us. You know, that, that's the other thing. Russia's blaming us, we're blaming Russia, and everybody else is blaming us and Russia back in the day. And, and now with this, admitting that it can be potential foreign adversaries, you know, we have multiple potential foreign adversaries to worry about. Yeah. It could be Russia still. Yep. Could be China. It could be China. Could be Iran. Could it be could be Saudi Arabia. Could, it yeah. could be I mean, you know, I'm just looking yeah. at the I'm looking at the countries that would have the funding to be able to develop these kind of things. Yeah. Um and certainly when you look at the if you're talking in terms of adversaries, Saudi Arabia isn't really an adversary, but Barely an hour. Uh, might change a little bit now. Yeah. Okay. This administration is not going to be as friendly to them as the previous one was. Uh, now, I would mention North Korea in yeah. that sentence, but I don't think we're... Yeah. I mean, we're we're worried about North Korea, but well, we're not, not in this regard. Yeah. Um, Loose nukes are something to be worried about. Them having, right. you know, this kind of technology, not so much. I mean, from what I understand, most of their missiles are... Pretty impotent, yeah. so... Not, not all of them. That's the part that's funky. Right, but, I mean, still, it's nothing that's giving you the idea that they would have nothing this technology. That would be, uh, nothing that I would call consistently... All, all, you know. Although that would be, you know, the best way to keep it. If you did have this technology and you don't want people to know, it's like, let's fire a bunch of rockets pointed at bunch them that aren't going to make it. Yeah, bunch. Of, let's yeah. fire off a bunch of duds. So, but anyway, yeah. you know, there, there are enough adversaries now that it would be... It would be difficult to not bring that into the process, you know, like now if you said, well, uh, you know, we're pretty sure it's none of our none of our foreign adversaries, like people would just not believe that. But you could say in the 1960s, no, it's not Russia. If somebody asked you and we expected at that time that you knew everything Russia was doing. Well, what we had back then, the Russians had relatively comparable technologies, mainly because they had good spies here in this country stealing a lot of our technology, you know, and let's face it, our government uh, and our processes publish a lot of our stuff. So they were going through our, our, our basically our, our patents that we public publicly publish and borrowing our technology from there. That's how they built their a lot of their later space programs, believe it or not. They, we published a lot of our work, and they just adopted a lot of the technology, stole it, and whatever. And now we have China stealing all of our patents on everything. Yeah. So uh, they, they, I saw the other day they even stole Rand Pelter's bathroom buddy, if you what? can believe that. 
No, that's not true. You know, I have the, the bathroom buddy yeah. from Gremlins. Yeah. I was just making a joke on uh, that's something, you, like, what? something you wouldn't <laughs> want to have a, steal a pad on. Anyway, um, so, but yes, they're they're admitting as much as that, is that, that it could possibly be a threat to national security. Uh, ongoing airspace concerns, it mentions right here that the UAPTF, that's the uh, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, has 11 reports of documented instances in which pilots reported near misses with yes. a UAP. Yes. Um, and also, like, think about that. 11 documented reports out of this 144 reports, 11 of those are documented instances in which pilots reported near misses with UAP. There's probably some pilots that didn't admit to having a near miss just yeah. because they were afraid they might get grounded, you know? Right. So that's... And when they're talking near misses, we're talking... Uh, I, I remember reading about some of these uh, cases. They're not at low altitude. They're They're up at, you know, op what they call operational altitude, which is way beyond, you know, public drone technology. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a goose. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, still one of my favorite videos to ever watch, even though it's sick of me to keep watching it. But did you ever see when when uh, when Randy Johnson was pitching? And he, oh, hit and, the bird? And the, yeah, it was like a, yeah. like a duck or a swan or a yeah. duck or a goose or something comes through and just, just annihilates, just explodes. <laughs> anyway. I know all the animal lovers are like, Tim, stop it. No, it's just sheer luck. Just, you know, if you're worried about me being mean to animals, I haven't mowed my lawn in three weeks because there's bunnies going through my lawn and I'm afraid that they've made a nest in it. So I've just let, let my lawn grow like crazy so, so that I can protect the baby bunnies. So, and yeah. also I'm lazy. Yeah, we'll go with that. Also, I'm lazy. Uh, so, potential national security challenges. We currently lack data to indicate any UAP are part of a foreign collection program or indicative of a major technological advancement by a potential adversary. We continue to monitor for evidence of such programs given the counterintelligence challenge they would pose, particularly as some UAP have been detected near military facilities or by aircraft carrying the USG's most advanced sensor systems. So, nowhere in that statement does it mention the idea of aliens, of anybody from space. Uh, also, you know, as I'm reading that paragraph, I'm starting to think a little bit about Occam's razor and about, you know, the simplest explanation usually is the right one. And it would seem more likely that it was a foreign adversary earthbound than it was something alien. And, in, and if that's the case, I'd almost be more scared of the fact that the adversaries could have something that we can't detect and know about than I would be about the aliens coming down. You know, that's... You, you would think we'd have a handle on what's going on on Earth. But also, we can figure out how to defend ourselves against the Earthbound things. We can't figure out how to defend... Although, from what I understand, if you play Slim, Slim Whitman records... Yes. They'll yeah. just blow up. That's... um, Their heads will explode. Yeah. So keep that Happens in mind. to some humans too. By the way, I would, I would, if if aliens did come down and attack us, I'd be willing to try that. I mean, it couldn't hurt. All right, let's see what else is here. So explain. This is this is something that uh, you know we talked about a little bit in the first hour, but we can get a little bit more in depth here because they lay out a plan for doing it. Explaining UAP will require analytic collection and resource investment. So, yes, we can try to figure out what this is. You just need to keep giving us money. Uh, yeah. Standardize the reporting. Give us more money and more equipment. 
right. look at it. Yeah. Standardize the reporting, consolidate the data, and deepen the analysis. Okay. Like, they've already talked about how they're standardizing some of the reporting, and they're trying to consolidate the data. So they're looking to do more of that. That makes sense. Uh, and as this database continues to grow with information from known aerial objects, such as weather balloons, high altitude or super pressure balloons and wildlife, machine learning, they want to use the, you know, they want to use algorithms for this, can add efficiency by pre-assessing UAP reports to see if those records match similar events already in the database. So, I mean, they're looking for trends. Totally makes sense to do yep, that. Got it. Totally makes sense to say, I mean, I don't know how much I love the idea of turning it all over to machines to determine. Um, you still need somebody to talk to the machine, see what it's seeing. But if they're going to, you know, try to standardize some of this so that they can be able to eliminate some of it, absolutely. Because, there, uh, listen, a lot of it should be eliminated. Uh, the UAPTF has begun to develop interagency analytical and processing workflows to ensure both collection and analysis will be well-informed and coordinated. That is, uh, you know, bureaucratic speak for, we started doing this already. Uh, the majority of UAP data is from U.S. Navy reporting, but efforts are underway to standardize incident reporting across military services and other government agencies to ensure all relevant data is captured with respect to particular incidents and any U.S. activities that might be relevant. Again, bureaucratic speak for uh, the Navy set a pretty good way of doing it, so we're probably just going to copy that. Um, and they're saying that uh, USAF data collection was limited historically uh, to a six-month pilot program in November 2020. Um, but that, uh, you know, they can evaluate how they're collecting things. Uh, the, you know, they're having air traffic look into things as well. So it gets into all of like who's been doing what and how they've been doing it and how they can make it better. Uh, then expand collection. The UAPTF is looking for novel ways to increase collection of UAP cluster areas when U.S. forces are not present as a way to baseline standard UAP activity and mitigate the collection bias in the data set. One proposal is to use advanced algorithms to search historical data captured and stored by radars. The UAPTF also plans to update its current interagency UAP collection strategy in order to bring to bear relevant collection platforms and methods from the DOD and the IC. Uh, long story short with that, the, the takeaway from there as it, the takeaway from there is they're looking for novel ways. So they're looking to kind of create technology for this. They want to create an intelligence octopus. They want to gather, spend as much as they can to get as many arms out into ways to bring the information inward. Novel ways, it's intelligence gathering. Novel ways may also include taking in civilian accounts. Well, well yeah, it's just more data points right. that you can add. Yeah, uh, you know, they may they may look to uh, add in for a cross reference. Uh, you know the. Um, the MUFON reports or the National UFO Reporting Center reports. They might look to take that right. information in. Doesn't mean that they're going to chase down every civilian case. No, but they know if, say, somebody sees a, a UFO outside of Otis, they're going to report it to the National UFO Reporting Center. They're not necessarily going to report it directly to, you know, the base. You know, you know so it's like, okay, this person reported this object this time at this location. They know that this location is right outside of, you know, Otis or what, whatever well, base they're outside of. There is, there is no more Otis. Well, you understand what I mean. No, you know what it is now. What? Did you see see the change? To me, it's always going to be Otis. No, they changed the the signage now. It's it's no longer an Air Force base. 
it's an Air National Guard base. No, not anymore. It's now Space Force. What? Yep. Last week they changed the signage. It is now a Space Force station. That, right outside paid that pause. explains a whole bunch of things. And there was just an incident. It turned out to be false. Uh, but there was just an incident involving Pave Paws a few weeks ago. Well, Pave Paws has been around 30-something years. It's not a secret that it's there. So there was a rumor that was online about there being an explosion at Pave Paws. Okay. So the tinfoil hat crowd, this is, this is, my, this is my writing. So okay. uh, the tinfoil hat crowd was abuzz Friday morning. With a, this was um, May 21st. The tinfoil hat crowd was abuzz Friday morning with a conspiracy theory about a mysterious explosion on Cape Cod that was oddly going unreported in the local news. Except WBSM News has, conf has confirmed there was no explosion. The story appears to have started on a website social media platform called Street Lock or Street Lock. Streetlock is described in app stores as a, quote, privacy-focused social media, and on its site, it boasts that it is, quote, Facebook without the censorship or the fact-checkers. Obviously. According to the article, around 11.40 a.m. Eastern, there was a huge explosion in Cape Cod close to the Pave Paws radar station. There is no word as to what caused the explosion, although the article began circulating across social media on Thursday. The article itself appears undated. And I had in this story the embedding of the post that talked about this, which now says this Facebook post is no longer available. It may have been removed or the privacy settings of the post may have changed. Also in the article is a supposed addition to the original post. Update 825 p.m. Eastern Street Lock News. We are investigating this article after reports from other users and will update this article as soon as we have additional information. To which I wrote... They must not have investigated too hard because WBSM News got an answer pretty quickly from local officials and was able to 100% debunk the story, which wasn't too hard to do seeing how such a major event such as a vital defense site would have been all over the news anyway if it were true. The Paypaw Station and Sandwich is an early warning system for any potential missile attacks on the United States from its sea. The 10-story pyramid-like tower can be seen from the Sagamore Bridge when crossing over to Cape Cod. The acronym stands for Precision Acquisition Vehicle Entry Phased Array Warning System, and the sandwich location is one of four such stations across the United States. Just a little mention out there for the Midnight FM crowd. Sandwich is the name of a town on Cape Cod, not just the things that I talk about every night on the show. <laughs> uh, conspiracy Twitter was all over the story, sharing it out with comments such as, uh, Guys, we may have a problem. Someone is taking out our early warning radar system, and they're trying to blind us to what is coming. A story on the website for the Hal Turner radio show. Uh, Turner claims to be the only living American media member imprisoned for writing a news editorial the Obama regime didn't like. Also included a quote with no attribution. This was the quote. The explosion was so large that workers over two miles away heard it. The Hal Turner version of the article read. One worker reports, when I looked outside, the sky was filled with gray and orange smoke, just like that explosion which destroyed the port of Beirut, Lebanon. A caller to the Phil Paleologa show on WBSM suggested the explosion was, quote, heard for miles and seen for miles, and that one person was injured. He said he tuned into emergency channels for Cape Cod first responders, but that it was, quote, being kept quiet. Excuse me. A YouTube video by user Gattaca questioned if the incident was a, quote, false flag or a real attack that was thwarted 
We all know what the agenda is. We know what they want to do, he said. They want to take the power grid down, take everything down, and blame it on terrorists or whatever. Don't believe it if it happens. Just keep your eyes peeled. So, uh, you know, I reached out to the police, and I reached out to the uh, uh, the Joint Base Cape Cod, which was what it was called at the time. Now it's, this, you know, Space Force Station. But uh, I reached out to their fire chief, who said, uh, that's absolutely not true. It was a prescription burn, just like they do on other parts of the base and other parts of the Cape. They were burning brush, which is what they do at the beginning of, well, what they do at every spring. spring. Yeah. Uh, to keep some of that stuff from getting too much. It was a con controlled burn. Um and it was actually outside of the pave, pave pause site where it happened. So, and then I wrapped it up. Of course, that won't matter to the conspiracy theorists. This article will be labeled as fake news. That is either in that it's either in on the conspiracy or being I'm being duped into writing what they want you to believe. And then I wrapped it up. Now, if you'll excuse me, the microchip that Bill Gates implanted in me through the COVID vaccine is telling me it's time to cash my weekly check from George Soros. So, there you go. Uh, that was the article about the pave pause site. And, and and it's just amazing how much this got really ridiculous really fast. My favorite was that caller into the into the station saying that it was seen for miles and heard for miles. Well, I can... Who, uh, the burn, yeah, the smoke could probably be seen for miles. But who do we know that lives on top of a hill just miles from the pave pause site and just so happened to be working from home that day, reporting on the news. Uh, could it be me? And I went outside and I saw nothing. And I went down to the highway bridge and I saw nothing. Like there was nothing going on. There wasn't. I couldn't even see the prescription burn happening at that point um, because it was just they were done that quickly with it. So, yeah. Anyway, that's the paid pause story. I just wanted to share that okay, with you. Had nothing really to do with UFOs, but I get the point. Well, it is a Space Force station now, so yeah, okay. there's that. I mean, I, I listen. I, I, I think Space thank Force you for letting me know. Space Force is the dumbest thing that I've ever heard, uh, but at the same time, it is. What do you want it to be called? Starfleet. Yes, okay. but it's it's <laughs> it's also you know it is it. Listen, I I people know that I pick on Trump for a lot of things, but we do need to have some sort of regulation of space if we're going to start letting private people yep. go out into space, you know? Well, not just us, planetary-wide. There's starting to be a whole bunch of other countries, as well as individuals like what we have here in the United States in other countries starting to do this. There, uh, From what I understand, there's a bunch of, you know, very rich oligarchs from Russia that are starting to... Think about doing the same thing. And if you've got, be careful what you say about rich oligarchs from Russia on this station. They listen. I'm not kidding. Okay. Do I look like I'm worried? I well, I am. Uh, in this case, privet cocktaila. Uh, don't do that. The um, <laughs> don't say things that I don't know what you're saying. Uh, I don't want to have to dump hit the dump. I can't hit a dump button if I don't know what you're saying. Uh, but it's, it's Russian. The, yeah, I figured that part. Um. The, the the privatization of space certainly means that somebody's got to keep an eye out on it, and because and, and and here's the thing, like here's where I do have a problem with space force. What are they really going to be regulating? Are they going to be regulating any American citizen that goes into space? Would they really have jurisdiction over space itself? 
it's a pretty big assumption to say that we can we can regulate space. But anyway, that's all stuff that'll be figured out. If there's going to be a space force, it's kind of cool that we have what, the, the what space I force station think here. They can regulate is orbits, and, and that's and, it's you know it's low level it, now. That's what they're working on. But I'm just. Yeah. I'm thinking when it gets to Starfleet level, oh, where okay. you're, you know, patrolling from planet to planet. Um, well, if we're already getting to that level, this is. I'm just once the Vulcans come down, all these things solve themselves because there are no more borders. Uh, anyway, okay. The suggestion here, uh, in addition to expanding Settle the down collection, there, uh, the listen. I think that it's a. Uh, I used to always say that I agreed with the Star Trek mentality that once we had UFOs come down here en masse and one landed on the White House lawn or whatever world leader you want to pick. But, you know, when they came down and they finally announced that they were here, I used to say that that would be the thing that would unite humanity. The last year has taught me. Where have I heard that before? Um, right. No. Wouldn't that have been, in, you know, this uh, former actor guy that. You know, in the 80s, say that a couple of times. It, well, it is the Star Trek story. And I always thought, like, that would be true. That that would be absolutely, absolutely what would happen. This last year has changed my mind on that completely. <laughs> Those aliens could come down here and land. And, uh, you know, I could picture half the country being like, that's Antifa dressed as aliens. And then the other half is going to be like, oh, no, that's, uh, that's Trump supporters dressed as aliens. Like, nobody's going to believe that they're actually aliens. Um I can, like, that would be pretty embarrassing when, like, you know, they come to meet somebody and the first thing that, that, that whoever that person is wants to do is, like, pull off the rubber mask and, you know, see who's really behind it. Like, it's a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Or, or. <laughs> Could have gotten away, from, away with the two of you meddling kids. Or the aliens come down wearing face masks because they heard we had a global pandemic and they're a little bit about maybe catching something and the first thing they encounter is that whole war of the world's thing is we're talking about oh we could probably develop weapons like nuclear the old biological thing would be our most effective weapon. well of course but we'd have to actually know their biology well, well biology is biology okay and okay listen to me i've been studying genetic engineering for the past year but the <laughs> same is, no that there is some base forms of biology that should transcend from planet to planet. So we know that there are vulnerabilities. But you could have that vulnerability that you want to attack that biological entity with. They could have already had that on their planet in abundance and had to develop an immunity to it. Oh, that's just it. Or they don't have that. So, well, like I said, going back to the original war, the world's concept, the simple virus is what killed them. And, okay, now I'm going to start getting into, you know, the whole abduction thing and why they're taking biological samples. And what my impression that I'm getting as well as other people that are being through these experiences, they're taking certain genetic material to be able to be insulated against things yeah they're here. making vaccines or adaptions or from do you think that do you think they need to show their vaccination cards to land i doubt it but you would either have to throw you know from our perspective not you're, you're talking about from their perspective yeah. but from our perspective you'd either have to know in advance what it is that they might be susceptible to or just start right. throwing everything at them right 
Um, and and unfortunately, there's probably a good chance that throwing everything at them would would wipe us out just as much as it would wipe them out. Well, um, you don't throw. Well, I like, mean, if they're going to be wiping you out, what what do you have to lose? Well, am I wrong? I also think that we're going to try to defend ourselves before it's even necessary to really defend ourselves too. So that's, you know, they're going to stick out their hand to shake and we're going to stick out a gun and point uh, it at them. Well, that's just the other thing you got to realize. If they wanted us dead, we would have been so a well, long, and long time ago, people. That's the exact conversation that I had with Neil deGrasse Tyson recently where he said, <laughs> excuse me, wait a minute, let me pick that name up that I just dropped over yeah. there. Uh, but yes, when uh, when I last spoke with Neil... Because, yes, I've spoken with Neil multiple times. Uh, we are friends. He told me to call him Neil. Uh, but when I last spoke to him, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about, like, all of the stuff that people worry about. It doesn't matter. If they wanted us gone, we would have been gone. If they really are coming here and have the ability to come in here, if they wanted to take it over, they already would have. So, obviously, there is the idea that we could, you know, live in harmony. And if that's the case... It's really kind of on us to show that. And, and maybe that's why we haven't had that opportunity yet, because well, we haven't shown that we can. Well, we haven't shown that we're really a threat. That would be the biggest reason for them to be bold enough to be out, out front and open, is if they considered us some sort of threat. At the moment, we're not a threat to them. Or not any serious threat. Nothing that needs to be immediately faced, identified, and squared off with. We're we're about as offensive uh, to them as you know fire ants. They can easily walk by a you know an, uh, a fire ant hill if they decide to sit down. Yeah, we could pose a problem. We could ca cause a bunch of stings, but for the most part, we're insignificant. So we're not an immediate threat. We I'm, can be at the most an annoyance. I can't. I can't think of that and not think of the ending. One of the worst endings to any Stephen King book. And uh, and sorry if I ruin this for anybody. You know, talking about a twenty-plus-year-old book and the way that it ended. But the book Under the Dome, where nope, the, not the, a Stephen King. Fan. The storyline is that. A giant dome just appears over a town. Okay. And the people inside the town can't figure out how to get out. The people on the outside can't figure out how to get in. Nobody knows where the dome came from. Nobody knows how to fix it. Nobody knows how to, uh, you know, overcome what's going on. And, of course, you know, you know what happens to a group of people when they're trapped like that. And uh, Anarchy. And all that kind of stuff ensues. Yeah, anarchy. And the book ends. Spoiler alert. Cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's a alien child who is basically playing with Earth like an ant farm and put the little dome over the town to see what happens. Like, laziest, stupidest Stephen King ending of all time, but also, you know, similar to what you're saying. Like, we could, we could just be something worth observing and playing around with until somebody gets bored with us. Getting bored with us might mean just ignoring us, and getting bored with us might mean just stepping on us, too. Yeah. So. Uh, let's go back into this report just here in the final 15 minutes. And by the way, 508-996-0500 if you would like to get involved. Um, so 
we talked about looking for novel ways to increase collection of UAP, and they specifically note those cluster areas, which I think is interesting. So the increased investment in research and development, the UAP TF has indicated that additional funding for research and development could further the future study of the topics laid out in this report. Such investments should be guided by a UAP collection strategy, UAP R&D technical roadmap, and a UAP program plan. So, yes, we're going to come up with all of these different ways to just come up with different ways to spend money. Yeah. And, and, and you know. still give you nothing. Fitting that that is the final point that they make in the report. This is all we have for you. We would have more for you if we just had more funding to be able to look into it. Moniz? Yes, sir. Keep in, keep in mind the fact that we have just spent trillions of dollars uh, trying to come back from the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, keep in mind that we have crumbling infrastructure in this country that needs to be addressed. I don't think that that's a partisan issue. I think everybody on both sides of the aisle agrees with that. Uh, keep in mind that something has to be done about healthcare, no matter how you come down on it, what you think needs to get done. Um, but certainly it's going to involve spending tax dollars to fix one way or the other. Uh, all of these things that are of immediate concern to people on this planet, would you subscribe to giving the funding to the intelligence community to be able to further research into the question of UAP? The intelligence community? No. Well, whoever's going to be create, whoever's going to be serving in these, you know, departments and committees right, yeah. that they're uh, proposing in this. And if not the intelligence community, who would you put in charge of it? Uh, I would like to see it put into, you know, uh, public hands, in particular, uh, over at least public oversight. Done with public oversight. But who in the public would you would you well, trust to be part of that? The public's going to have more agendas about it than I think uh, the, the government would. Well, um, first would be academia. You would, as a, uh, an academic council would be the first step. Second step would be various other civilian oversight as well. You know, but... I would be. I'd be concerned about their agendas, especially even even you're even going academia. to have agenda no matter who's looking at it. Let's face it; that we're all agenda driven, one way or another. The closest to what's supposed to be on, you know, with zero agenda is supposed to be science. But I, working in that for the past thirty something years, I can tell you there's definitely agendas. In science. Of course, yeah. and 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 I think that the 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 biggest problem with this is that. It is going to be an area that is ripe for exploitation, oh, financial well, exploitation, because definitely it's, you know, it, listen, it's the same reason why we don't charge for a paranormal investigation, because it's not like we can go into a house and hold up the ghost and be like, we got him. Cut me that check for 300 bucks. Yeah. Like an exterminator can go in and hold up the dead rat and say, you owe me 300 bucks. We can't do that because we don't even know if what we're looking for is real. It just... A lot of us or agree, could be t or could be captured. Yeah, a lot of us agree that it probably is, but it doesn't mean that we can prove it. And uh, and 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 that would, if we were getting, think about it like this, right? If we were getting paid to investigate ghosts, and we weren't going to capture a ghost, 
at what point do we stop charging and say, okay, the job is done? I mean, you could milk that job forever as long as you had somebody. Look at psychics, the, 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 the bad psychics that just prey yeah, upon people. Yeah. You know, they've always got more information. Just call me back tomorrow for another $75 session. You know, the bad ones I'm talking about, no, not the I, good I, ones. No, I got you. But so if, you know, this is also the same idea. You're not going to be able to prove anything conclusively. So if it's just going to be a giant money suck, what motivation would you have to actually prove anything? You would just keep it going in perpetuity to say, well, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, and we're not really finding anything. But now we're just sinking more money into this on, on a regular basis it's as no opposed to one time. the oversight that they put in any other program or any other thing they look at. But looks like we got a call. We do have a call. And if you would like to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500 is the number. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hello. I was wondering if you, you know, if you wondered why that all of a sudden our government and military is being quite forthcoming and revealing with any and all UFO reports and information. Well, this is coming about because in the coronavirus stimulus package that was passed during the Trump administration, they did work in this provision that they had to, by yesterday, reveal all the information that they had on UFOs. So that was put into that bill and when that bill passed, that became part of, you know, what had to get done. Uh, and I think that that came about because of the uh, 2017 release of the Tic Tac UFO footage, which is what really got people buzzing about this. So I think if you wanted to go back, you could say that that's kind of the nexus point for where a lot of this started was the, re the release of that Tic Tac video. And, and then from there, that's why you've been seeing it taken so seriously all of a sudden in recent years, because now you have U.S. Navy pilots reporting having encountered a UFO. You know, people didn't seem to care when, you know, astronauts were saying that they saw this stuff out in space. But for some reason, you know, being able to see a little white dot on a uh, on a targeting screen from an aircraft was enough to make people think, OK, there's really something here. And, and now we need to pursue this further. But for years, they tried to repress it. They wouldn't believe people when, you know, they had reports of it, seeing it or abducted or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? And well, I don't know if I read it in a book or I heard it on a report on a documentary on TV, but there was a, a, a thing that was said that um, the government at one time made agreement with the aliens to that they could abduct um, humans if they gave them technology. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, so supposedly what happened was uh, there were beings that came down and they met with, well, they offered to meet with both FDR and Churchill, and they uh -huh. said, uh, you know, we want to set up a program where you give us some of your people to experiment and we will give you technology. It wasn't FDR, it was Eisenhower. No, that was later. Oh. That, so it's true, so it is true. Well, I mean, yeah. well, well, the story the is story's true. Like, well, the, the, the there the story are, has been. There are stories out there about yeah. it, uh, whether or not they're true. But the the FDR story was that it, they the, they came down and offered to meet, and they, and they wanted to trade the you know the humans for the technology. Uh, FDR yep. said no. Uh, Churchill said yes. This is this the way the story goes. Yeah. But he said uh -huh. you can take five thousand of our people, and the aliens turned around and took fifty thousand, and then never gave them that technology. So you know. FDR was the smart one there, and Churchill got burned in that in that scenario. And then later on, 
when Eisenhower was in office, that's when they tried again. And that's when they set up the secret space program when which, you know, we were actually exchanging astronauts rather than allowing them to abduct people for technology. The deal they had worked out was, you know, we'll let your people come here and check us out if you let our people go there and check you out. And so supposedly that secret space program, that exchange program has been going on ever since the 1950s. Um, well, I, yeah, I wonder if FDR or Churchill would be willing to have one of their family members abducted. You know what I'm saying? They just don't care. But um, to me, all this stuff is like to mentally condition us that they exist now. And I know you, you mentioned it before about the power grid going down, but when it does go down, if it does happen, they're going to blame it on the aliens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now that they're a real thing now to everybody. Well, I mean, and then what happens when the aliens do show up and they're like, hey, why are we the bad guys? You know, like, why are we getting blamed for everything? But that, well, I mean. Some of them are. I but, mean, some of them are. I mean, there's three kinds that I've read in books. There's ones that just come here to observe. There's others that come here to help. And there's others that come here to take our resources and our people. But there's also, you know, if you if you talk to some people who are doing the research into uh, abductions, especially, uh, I can't remember the new name for the organization, but it's it's the former, Free. I'm sorry, Pre, yes, yes, um, uh, which was formerly um, it was the it was Edgar Mitchell's group, yeah, but they've just kind of renamed, yeah, uh, and the the work that they're doing now is they've been collecting all the data about this, and uh, what they've realized is that. Yes, these traumatic experiences do happen when people are abducted the first time. But then over time, people get used to it and it becomes less of a scary thing because the situation itself isn't really that scary. It's the loss of control in the situation that's scaring them. So that in a way, like the way that they're kind of presenting it is if they were open and honest about this, you'd probably have a line of people willing to volunteer for it. And Moniz, you know people that are like this. People who have been taken, become accustomed to it and say, they can come take me anytime they want. But they're still, violating, they're still violating a universal law. They're not supposed to do that without a person's will. And, uh, you know, you know I, listen, I, you're, putting, you're putting earthly mores and, and morals into play in something where it might not count somewhere else. The animal kingdom doesn't obey those rules. That's something that we put on things because... We think that that's the right thing to do. Um, well, I read, this, I read this in books, like the Ashtown books and stuff. It's universal means the whole universe. It's okay. Universal. But you people on this planet don't buy into that. Uh, as somebody that actually has been through it, I can tell you that's a bunch of hooey because I am not a willing participant, and they still I'm have just saying, it. the aliens are breaking the universal law. They're not right. supposed to do this. Well, that, again, that's anthropomorphization. You're putting a human... Uh, a tribute to something that isn't human. Right. We do We do make that kind of uh, uh, leap. Yeah. You know, that leap in judgment to say that they that they are like us, that they, they might not be like us. They might even think, you know, first of all, they might be completely animalistic. Um, hard to think that they would be able to, you know, come light years from space if, they're, if they are like that. But also we take into account, too, that they might look at the things that we think and think that our thought process is antiquated. You know, uh -huh. we look back at people that used to worship the Greek gods and we say, well, you know, that's that's kind of funny, isn't it? That they believed in those things. And some advanced civilization might say the same thing about the, you know, the Judeo-Christian God that people believe in now. Yes. But I think every, well, my, my theory or whatever, my opinion is that most of us on this earth did come from other planets. And that's how this earth was formed, from different planets. 
you know, different origins. Yep, there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of um, a lot of others that agree with you on that theory for sure. But we have a long way to go. I mean, <laughs> we are just like you said, we're just antiquated still. We really haven't evolved. Well, there's a lot of dumb stuff that we fight about that we think is important, and uh, you know, if you looked at it. In the grander scheme of things, a lot of it doesn't matter. And I, I don't want to go too far down that road because then it turns political to people. And, right. you know, the, they... they spiritually, spiritually, we really haven't evolved. The way we treat human beings, our, our fellow human beings, we really haven't evolved, you know? And and I think, I, I think that there's a long, long, long way to go for that. But uh, we would, we you know, we would certainly abduct an alien, I think, if we could. So, you know, it's kind of hard to pass judgment on them. You might be right there. Especially if you, you so especially if you believe the stories about what went on at Wright Patterson, you know we're the jerks too. So, oh, we, I, I'm not, I'm not. Look up what's happening in Dulce. The stories, yeah, of look, Dulce, and 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 certainly look up some of the um uh, the 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 Tom Carey and Donald Schmidt books, uh, with some of the stuff that they wrote about about Wright Pat, and you'll you'll get an idea of the way that they treated, uh, the the EBEs that they had there, if those stories are true. Right. Okay. All right. We'll do. Thank, Thank so you much. for the call. Take care. Uh, that'll do it for tonight's show. We're out of time, uh, but if you have any thoughts that you want to share on this with us during the week, just email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll return next week with a brand new show. If you missed any of this show, you can always find all of our archives wherever you get your podcasts. We show up everywhere. We're now on Spotify as well, too, uh, so you can get in there and, and check out some of our past episodes. So that'll do it for tonight's show. For Moniz, for Matt, for Stephanie, for the aliens, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.